brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to Sewing Out Loud, the official podcast of ZD Sewing Studio. Here are your hosts, ZD and Mallory. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Mallory Donahue. And I'm ZD Donahue. And, you know, maybe you've got the wrong daughter on this podcast because Hillary is a family and consumer sciences she teacher teaches now. teaches kids to sew. Yeah. Except I was, I mean, I was here first. Okay. Like, <laughs> I was in the sewing world first. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, it was kind of funny when she started that job. You know, I went over and spent several days in the classroom with her. Uh-huh. Getting things ready, you know. Of course, you know, the teacher that was leaving could have cared less. She was on her Get way Get me out, out of here. <laughs> so, you know, going through sewing machines and notions and figuring out what you go where. And and um, now she also has a group of teachers and they talk about what skills they should be, yeah, you, you know, like, teaching at what level or whatever. And most of this is introductory middle school. That's what she does. Right. Let's clarify real before we move on. Mm-hmm. This is... Uh, in our school district, what used to be called home economics is called family and consumer sciences. I think it's called that. In, um, I don't think home well, economics just, even exists anymore, because, just so y'all know. Okay, but I've said facts in right. the group before, and people are like, what the hell are you talking about? Well, that's about? because they don't know what home yeah. ec or facts is. Yeah. So, and then people say <laughs> Or they, shop. We then, used to take shop. Yeah, then people will say they don't teach that anymore, and I'm like, well... Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. People Some think places, they don't teach it, but they know, do. But and they it, do. And it is usually taught as a, um, an elective. An elective. And so they can take maybe a language or they can take, you know, facts, which is sewing and cooking, or they can take um, choral music or, you know, or they're yeah. taking their band music or whatever. But it is, you know, but they have to have it. All They also have to have um, certain, like, Practical science that, credits. When I went somehow. to when I went to high school, it was called a practical art. Right. And I, well, I took facts in high school, 
and I was taking it with a woman named Linda Turner, and then I brought in a pa- one of your patterns. Well, and I was what like, happened is Linda said what the project was going to be, and Mallory explained to her that she thought she was more advanced. Maybe, no, than I, the said, project. I said, can I make this? And she was like, well, and I said, yeah, this is my mom's pattern. She's like, Zidi's your mom? And she <laughs> she just like flipped, you know, and, and then I got to actually teach a hand beading class to the, the facts class. class she let me teach she let me teach it so that was really fun um but yeah that that actually fulfilled one of like my graduation requirements and then later when mallory left the shop to go to one of her trips her extended like nine months in europe to study, study <laughs> to study um and linda was going to retire I made her come work at the shop. Yeah, she came work at the shop. She, so she took Mallory's job at her Mallory's part time job at the shop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So she she was retiring, and then later they worked together. Yes, yes. It was it was super fun. So yeah, um, that's how you, you should always. I tell my I'm going to tell my kids like be nice to everyone because you just never know. If they're you gonna, never know who you never you're going to meet again in life. Know. You do not. I was nice to Linda in facts class. Linda um, was a nice, nice person. Yes. So anyway. We're, we're talking about a little bit more advanced sewing with kids now. So this kid, we're talking about this hypothetical kid. I think they're 10 and over. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking they are the fifth or sixth grader. Yeah, kind or of. like tween teen. Yeah, you know? kind of what Hillary has to deal with. Because Well, some, let's get her to do this podcast. I know, what are we doing? And then we wouldn't have to do it. Well, something I know she does and that you mentioned. Right. Because we were talking about hand sewing versus right. machine sewing. You're like... Do we tell, should we have them, you know, should we tell people to teach their kids the parts of the sewing machine? Right. And like at Zelda's age, she's five, and when I'm sitting with her in front of the sewing machine, I tell her what the presser foot is. Right. And the needle. But if I were to go into every part, she would be like, get me out of here, mom. But there's an age where kids are ready for that kind of knowledge, and it's important to have it. Well, it's important you cannot teach without the vocabulary either. You right. know, you want to put your presser foot down. If you don't know what the presser foot what are you is, about? Yeah. you know, is your is your thread in the take up lever? Um, what else? I, I, you know, hand wheel. Well, yeah, uh, yeah. Look uses, at your look at your throat plate. You know, uh, whatever. Hillary uses an app called Quizlet. Yes, and I think that it might be public. That people could have access mm-hmm. to her quiz on oh, the sewing okay. machine. So we need to ask her about that. Of, of course, you can do this however you want. I remember getting a piece of paper that had blanks, and I had to fill them in after I was told what they are. You know, um, as I sit with a kid and teach them the parts of the machine, I think that, like, what I would do with Elliot would be to go over the parts of the machine and then do something where we use those parts. Right. Okay. So if I'm going to teach him the reverse button. Right. And uh, the hand wheel and the presser foot and all that. You know, maybe I, I mean, I know the names of like all of the parts of the sewing right. machine. He doesn't need to know all of them. Uh, you know, but go- going over that and then having a process where you use those. I mentioned with Catherine that she was just doing those decorative stitches in a line. Well, she got to learn a couple parts of the sewing machine at that point because she needed to use them to do her little project. So, yeah, when when a kid is ready to learn those parts, I think you're right, Mom, because when when something goes wrong, people need that vocabulary. Right. And then we were chortling to ourselves because 
adults need this too. We um, know that adults need it too. The, the yeah, thing is does. also is Hillary is teaching in a group. Right. So she's not sitting down in front of the machine with every child. And you may, you know, you may be teaching three people, two people, three people, ten people. You know, yeah. Sometimes she's teaching 30 people. Yeah. So if you don't have that common language and some sort of common place to start, you know, everybody's going to, it's going to be chaos. Right, right, right. Well, and I think a group class sets a little bit different expectation, too. Like, right. when all the kids are looking around, they're like, okay, everybody's listening to Mrs. Myers. Tell us about the machine. Right. You know, in best case scenario, then everyone <laughs> listens to Mrs. <laughs> Myers. Right, okay. Right. Uh, I think the Quizlet thing, too, it's like they all have iPads. Yes. So they can. Um, yes. They do the quiz. And I know that, like, technology and screen time and technology in schools is sort of controversial. But, you know, being able to look up a video and get re- and, and get the experience uh, and the visual of way up close of putting that bobbin in is super beneficial right. to a kid, to an adult. And we had... Well, we, and to a situation where there's one teacher yeah, and 30 students. And it's hard to see. So I actually think we we did a couple videos on like how to thread the Sophia for the school. And having those kids... When they come back to class and they haven't been there for two days, because I think it was like an every other day class for me. Um, so, you know, they could, uh, they were with the high school facts teacher. Her name was Miss Kurzieski. And they could say, oh, I forgot how to thread right. my bobbin. She could be like, oh, remember we've got this video. Yes. And that, I mean, hello. Also, kids like watching tutorials. They do. Um, especially when they're in that high school age, too. Yes. They had those machines that also had a little embroidery unit. Yes. And those kids, I mean, I think, I don't well, think the can, teacher would they mind. They think up their own projects. Yeah. yeah. I don't think the teacher would mind me saying that they could sometimes master that embroidery. Yes. Faster than she could in some way. Well, they will, they are not afraid of the electronicness. Right. Of the machine and the computerized part of the machine where sometimes we have seen that in adults. Now, I don't know, you know, now that we're not on the street, so to speak, <laughs> teaching, right? I, I wonder has how much that's gone away because usually we did see it in the older customer. I, I bet it's gone away a yeah, bit. Yeah, because most, you know, if, if, you're, if you haven't caught up by now, you're not there anymore. No, yeah. when, I, when I started working with you, Right. When I was like 15, 16, mm-hmm. so that's like 15 years ago, mm-hmm. it was, that was one of the big focuses, how to get people who were in their fifth, sixth decade right. comfortable with technology. Right. And now everybody has learned because they want to see the grandkids on Facebook. Right. They want to see all that. I think now, I bet that the well, people. Well, I think people have found out it can't, it can't hurt you uh, and you can't yeah. hurt it. And, and the thing is, is that. If you're not there, you've given up anyway. You you probably aren't trying to sew anymore. Or you're not trying to sew with one <laughs> right. of those computerized you machines. Just, you just yeah. decided you're not yeah. going to have that kind of machine and you're not going to do it. Right. So, and that's fine right. too. Right. Except if you're driving a car, I don't know how you didn't learn. I mean, you know, 
there's I bet that I, there's less of an emphasis on that. For well, a while it was Can you remember when no one had a cell phone and no right. one knew how to text and all you know, I all mean, of no that. one knew where the start button on their well right. now okay, now Windows doesn't have a start button. I know. Anymore. I used to have to tell people how to start their computers. <laughs> so uh yeah, no, you're totally right. So the kids the kids really go to that. Right. You know? And those little videos are very helpful. So here's the other thing. If you can find some YouTube tutorials, if you're trying to teach a kid 10 and up to sew, I don't think this will be a news to any parent out there that sometimes they don't want to listen to your voice anymore. (laughs) If you can find a different person for them to listen to for a few minutes, they might actually like that. And so if you find a tutorial where it's helpful to what you're trying to teach, then uh, turn that on for them. You know, uh, actually, I would go in sometimes to the classroom at the high school and teach embroidery. And she said, yeah, they just, you know, the novelty of someone else coming in, I, you know, is even helpful sometimes. So, you know, definitely. We used to actually do that at the shop. We would bring in a guest <laughs> artist who did exactly the same things we did, but because she came from a different city and she had a different name and she didn't live here. Man. They thought she was a Derek's, guest artist. Derek's <laughs> uncle said the best thing. He's like, yeah, an expert is somebody who lives 50 miles away. That's and I was right. Like, oh, my God. That's right. I, I was like, that is the. It, it, it is you funny. Are, it's funny it's what, what we think. Yes. Okay. But we're actually experts. Okay. So if we ever get um, paid <laughs> to come see you, it's different. No. Okay. I'm not saying that they aren't. I know, I know. I'm just saying that you may have the same talent that exists there. But for some reason, if you're 50 miles away, you know more. Or you're more interesting for the moment. So with these older kids, we're saying you should get into a little bit of the technical information more than you would with a younger kid. Some parts of the machine, presser foot, presser foot lever, hand wheel. It's going to depend on your machine, too, because actually... I don't want the kids touching the hand wheel on the Destiny. We we try to teach them not to. Right. Because it's actually not the appropriate way to do things right. um, on that machine most of the time. Well, I think that's the other uh-uh. thing that now you have to talk about mm-hmm. is there's different types of machines. Yeah. Well, you know, when I started sewing, there yeah. was a mechanical machine. Uh-huh. Right? Yep. You know, it did what it did. Yep. I was lucky if it zigzagged. <laughs> okay. But now, you know, there are... And we use the hand wheel. Yes. Purposefully. Uh, yes, 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 yes. Purposefully we use the hand wheel. And there are times, you know, when you want to. But, right. But then let's take a break real quick and come back to the fun part. So we think that these kids are mature enough to do the not so fun, maybe memorize, maybe take a little quiz on the parts of the machine. But then they're also ready for projects. So let's take a quick break and talk about the ideal sewing projects for an older kid. What's your favorite way to measure yourself? With my easy check tape measure. So tell me a little bit about this. It's the only way to measure myself, I think. Why is it so magical? Because there's a slide on it. Uh Uh-huh. You actually snap one end of the tape measure into the back of the slide, and then you fit it to the measurement, and then you can unsnap, and the slide remains on the place that you've measured. So if you're trying to measure your arm. Right. Or your under bust right or your thigh or your head or your head oh yeah the head right. definitely well and you know measuring yourself is one thing but even measuring somebody else what it does is it marks the spot basically where the measurement is and so if i'm 
and this happens to you that you're measuring somebody and they start talking to you and you're like, was that 21 or 23? Oh my gosh. Right. And where with this, you know, it, it, the slide has marked it. I also have heard feedback from customers who say, I am sending this to my daughter or, you know, so that she can measure my grandchildren That's and it will right. be accurate. Right. Right. Well, we've actually had trainers too yep. that, that bought these, you know, for their customers or they themselves use it for their customers or it was a male trainer and a female client. Uh, he right. didn't have to put his hands on the person right. or whatever. Also, this tape measure, when you use it with a snap, it's impossible to work from the wrong side. That's the other thing yeah. I was going to say. You can't measure from the 60 end. You have to measure from, from the, the zero, one end. From the zero, zero end. Yes. Right. right. And I said 60, but... Um, you know, it also has the millimeters on the other side, too. So yeah. you, you've got... Um, you have imperial, imperial and you have metric. Metric, uh, right. And so the easy check tape measure makes it very simple when you are trying to measure yourself uh, and you just don't want to be fumbling around. Well, and I think... You know, the thing is, don't order one, because if somebody sees it, a husband or right? a daughter or just a friend, I mean, honestly, at Christmas time, I would put this like in almost everybody's stocking stuffer. And I think it's a great thing to like send away to college with people, things like that, where Fabulous. You, you want yeah. something measured. Well, if you're interested in your own easy check tape measure, you can see a video on how it works at sewhere.com slash tape measure, and you can check it out for yourself. Sewing out loud. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, and we're back. Okay, Mom, what should their first sewing project be? The first sewing project has to be the thing that shows them the magic of you put right sides together, you make a seam, and then you turn it inside out, and it's something that has a finished edge. Everything's right? a pillowcase, right? So it's a pillowcase. It's a bag. <laughs> but some, you know, bean bags were good, pillows were good, you know, pillowcases were good. 
Jerome's wanting to throw things right. real bad right now. And he's, he's like throwing blocks in his room. Right. Not maliciously, but I was like, we need to make beanbags. Right. And we've, you know, and to throw. And beanbags can be made out of a lot of things. Right. Rice, right. shot, um, beans. Um, I get, I am away mask. from the food pot stuff. Yes. Because yes. we live in the country mm-hmm. and we have varmints that live out here. Yeah. And varmints will fight. In fact, my husband, just this is a sideline, right? Because this is something you can make, which is like an eye pillow. Yeah. You know, where they put rice or corn in it and or then you something. put it in the microwave or you put it in the freezer or whatever. So my husband had brought me a, um, gift certificate to a spa for right. Christmas one year and the way they did it is you know they had this nice certificate and this pretty envelope and they put it in a package and they put an eye pillow in it you know that you could heat in the microwave or we could put it in the freezer or put it in the freezer you know whatever you wanted hot or cold and all of a sudden about a year later I saw a mouse in my bedroom Ugh. <laughs> which is on a different level than my kitchen. Yeah. It's up, you know, it's a second level. You don't store food I in your bedroom. Right, I don't leave food. And I, I was, like, appalled. Like, I could not figure out what was going on, right? right. And so, and then I, then I never saw this mouse again. Yeah. But I saw some droppings, you know, and I'm, like, <sighs> I just get, like, sick over it because I can't figure it out. And then Hillary and I were in the bedroom one day, and she goes, oh! There's a mouse. It went, I, I know I saw a mouse. You know, I don't know if anybody ever. It's like a shadow. It's like you see this thing dart vision. out yeah. of the corner of your eye. It's so fast. And I was like, good, because I thought I was crazy. You know, so there is a mouse in here. Right. So I started going through, like, my drawers. Right. I just did not know what was going on. I thought, maybe there's a dead mouse in here. <laughs> and I find this eye pillow. And what it had in it was bird seed. Oh. And the the mice had gone after it. It oh was God. chewed open. I found all the mouse droppings around, and it was in the bottom drawer of my nightstand. Gag me, right? Just yeah. gag me. I'm taking the drawer out. I'm like putting Clorox Bleaching in it. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking, how can I like de-mouse this? You know, and because of the way our house is, you know, the mouse was going into the attic and coming over to the studio mm-hmm. we found some of the birds yes over here. we found we found the bird seed like miles away but we you know we knew the path so that's why now i'm not rice corn you yeah, know unless, being happy unless you're gonna like store those in a <laughs> like in your refrigerator <laughs> it didn't even occur to me that throwing this in my nightstand could cause, cause a problem. problem it didn't even occur okay. to me okay so let's get let's get back on so anyway back on our project okay but good no i i'm i'm all about yeah, that i'm down to like sand and shot and they have those plastic beads yeah yeah, yeah but those are i know not great for plastic the environment. too right i know they're i knew she'd say heavy that heavy too yeah. yeah okay okay no they're they're um like Heavier than I'm shot. I'm just telling you, if you put corn in there, you could have corn mice. Yes, there you go. Yes. There you go. All right. So, you a pillowcase is a really good first project. A drawstring bag, something like that, mm-hmm. and giving some kind of personal connection to it, I think, is important. Right. Although I think that we've been as a society 
as I mentioned in the last podcast, we've been socialized to think that sewing is some kind of irrelevant thing and it's going to be real hard to get kids interested right. in it and stuff. It's not. It's not. It's not at all they're excited to do it. It's right. just like coloring or working with clay or anything else or or you're afraid the girls will like it and the boys won't. Nope. Nope. I've, I've right. been in uh, classroom situations Everybody wanted to sew a thing because that gives you, like, a lot of agency and stuff. Right. And I went and taught in Derek's art classroom. All the kids wanted to sew. It right. was not It was not a problem at all. Um, so don't, don't let that get in your way. But letting them personalize it is fun. They can choose the fabric. Right. Whether it's from well, your stash and, and or this new. is what I would do very mm-hmm. similar to how I used to teach adult classes. Yeah. Is I would kit things. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, quasi-kit them, I guess you would say, where if I knew I was going to have 10 students, I would cut out 13 pieces of that fabric I needed. Right. That way, everybody had a choice. Even if it was down to the last person, they had a choice, right? And so they would they got to choose their kit or choose their fabric or whatever. Right. Um, so you can do this. Then you can maybe, if, you know, you could have ribbons there, you can have beads, you can have buttons, um, pom poms, all all kinds of you know well, stuff that somebody can sew on to their project. Right. So if you're letting, so you can you can do that if you're like teaching a class like that. Um, if you are teaching like your own kid, you could um, kids know how to shop online now. That's right. <laughs> so you can say you can go to this website. You got to go to the cottons. Right. And then we got to pick from here right. uh, for your fabric or. I've had this experience with Zelda, and it taught me something because we were going to come up here and make her leggings. And she, like, ran into the fabric stacks, and she picked up something. She's like, oh, I want it made out of this. And it was a woven. Right. And I had to say no, like, to a lot of things. And I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I don't want this to be like, no, 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 no. So I was like, okay, you got to come over here, and we have to pick from these fabrics because they are stretchy. And because at first I was – she was just so excited that she ran back there, you know, to the wrong part of the fabric or whatever. And so if you're going to have kids choose from your own stash, maybe get out a few uh, options right. so they don't pick, like, you know, the silk that was brought back from Japan for their first pillowcase or something like that. Uh, you know, uh, so give them a few options or if they – yeah, you, they can they can order things online. Well, and the reason um, I used to make kits first – telling someone what to bring uh-huh. was it gave me control over the quality of the fabric, the type of fabric. Absolutely. Because someone would always come, well, I got this at a garage sale or something. I mean, and they would wind up being dissatisfied or, with their project or because people, it was not, you know, it really wasn't the right kind of fabric for yeah, that project. Like if you're going to make a cotton pillowcase, then someone's like, oh, I want a satin pillowcase. And then they buy like right. crappy satin that's hard to sew right. for a pillowcase. And you're like, oh, my God, it's just not, they're not going to be happy. Right. Now, you know? it's different. Now, you know, some stores or shops will say you have to buy your fabric here and they will guide you. Into yeah. what to buy. You know, I used to think that that was a little crazy. Because um, we, we didn't, we were never a big fabric store. Right. Okay. So then people would come in and they'd be like, oh, I went to this other store. They made me buy my fabric there. And I was like, oh, yeah, that sounds like a dictatorship, you know. Mm-hmm. And then we, I, I definitely realized there's a good reason why sometimes that is 
the case. You I know? mean, when you're doing a t-shirt <laughs> class and nobody's ever shown a t sewn a t-shirt, yeah, it needs to be a knit that it's gonna work any level someone can right. handle. Right. We all know some are slippery, some roll, some do this. Some. So you know, sometimes we would do that and we'd say, please choose from, from these, these six bolts yeah. of fabric mm-hmm. or whatever, um, because with a t-shirt. Some people took a yard, and some people took three yards. Oh yeah, you know. But um, just just to put you there, like when somebody says, "Oh, I have fabric," it doesn't always mean that's a good deal, right? Because it just it just it's not that we're being snobby; it's that it might not be right for the project. Well, you want the person to feel success, right? Yeah, this is all about feeling successful. So that's mainly what it's about. So if you letting them personalize with a fabric choice can be good. Or nowadays, there are so many, you know, you can buy like an iron-on patch. Mm-hmm. If you have a Cricut machine, you could, you know, put a name on it with vinyl. People, kids and people, everybody, likes to put their names on things. You know, they like to uh, personalize it like that. Or if you have an embroidery machine, you could do something like that ahead of time or let them choose. Um, but I do think that... Giving them some kind of agency in that project is is a good it idea. Does. It really helps. Yeah. So whether or not they get to choose the fabric or choose some kind of personalization, mm-hmm. that's good. Now, you may think that a pillowcase is not that exciting, okay? But that kid goes and put that puts that pillowcase on their bed. No, it they're is... they're more excited than you would think. Right. I think. <laughs> and there's a lot of principles in a in oh, a pillowcase. Yeah. A lot of things you can teach. The there used to be someone who taught the kids classes at our shop and she would always really emphasize back stitching but she called it back tacking and I'm like I do not like calling it back tacking I do, it's not wrong I just don't like the word back tack <laughs> I think about it every time like when I t- when I do something yeah. on the machine with Zelda I'm like I'm I'm not gonna call it back tacking uh but that was that was a program they you know went through I also think that if your kid or if you want to do a little more advanced project, like a pair of PJ pants, that you can have a division of labor. Yes. Okay? It's okay to do that. You can be the one who cuts out the pants. You can be the one who maybe pins the legs together even, depending on their level, for the first pair. And then they can sew those long seams. And then if you think they're ready the next time, maybe they pin maybe and pj PJ pants is a great garment because they're baggy yeah they're not real fitted we're not popular people wear them you can Mm -hmm. make them out of almost any kind of fabric whatsoever right so um i taught a lot of pj pants kids classes yes kind of and um it's you know a generic like it you know it's it's Everybody wears them. Yes, everyone wears PJ pants, and, well, especially now. We've spent a lot of time at home. <laughs> uh, but I was, like, quote-unquote, making leggings with Zelda. Okay, so I cut them out. You know, she chose the fabric. I cut them out. Then she sat on my lap at the serger. You know, maybe with Catherine, maybe she could have cut those out. I don't mm-hmm. know. I haven't, we haven't sewn with Catherine in a while. Uh, and she could have surged them together, but then maybe I would put the elastic waist in for Catherine right. at this point before she knows how to do that, you know? And so it's okay for, I think it's okay for you to do well, some of I it. Well, I think the other thing that you, you, they're also, you get to a level where you let them do it and then you check it. Yeah. You know, and yeah. then they go to the next step and you check it. Right. Yeah. You know? Or you 
are constructing the same garment they are at the same time. I also so here I'm going yeah. to do my inseams. This is how we're going to do them. Then they do them. Yeah, you know. it's also a good idea for something like an elastic waist. So you're going to be stretching elastic onto a waistline that's larger than the elastic. You could make a practice version of that by giving them a tube and some elastic. I've done this before with sleeves. We cut out just part of a bodice, mm -hmm. you know, made the arm opening and put the sleeve in with somebody. So, you know, especially if this isn't isolated, if they're interested in making a t-shirt and then they do the exercise of inserting the sleeves, they can then do it on their final t-shirt. I think that they'll be interested in doing that exercise. So keep, keep that in mind. Doing like samples like that that are in context with the project can be good. Um, and then I think that embellishment can also be a fun thing. Right. Uh, embellishment to clothing that they already own. Yes. Like they got a jean jacket. And there, okay, there are so many things you can do there. In fact, my high school boyfriend was in facts with me. And he, like, redid a pair of jean shorts. And he used, like, a bleach pen to draw on them and stuff. And he was, like, just thrilled, you know, um, doing that. So, you know, if you, if you want them to do, like, if they want to embroider by hand, you know, a name on something or they want to sew a patch mm -hmm. onto something that's another way to you know incorporate hand sewing skills so embellishment uh, sewing on buttons sewing on beads etc that can be another fun thing to teach them and I do think um, if they are interested in sewing or we we're teaching this as a practical art that sewing on a button is something that you should teach them to do yeah I uh, did I did a I don't know why I was asked to come and do this I think it was part of like a humanities section of a high school English class and she used to have somebody come in and talk about quilting and then they weren't available anymore and so I came in and talked about garment sewing and like the ethics of fast fashion and then I gave all the kids a piece of felt and a button and a, a, a threaded sewing needle and they all uh they were like high school sophomores or something like that and they all sewed a button on and they were so funny because some of the kids were curious and some of the kids were like I already know how to do this and then some of the kids were like I'm never going to need to do this because I'm going to be a computer programmer and it was just I didn't take offense to anything anyone said but it's just interesting what people you know were uh saying and then I I may have told that kid that I know someone who went to school literally for rocket science and they're unemployed and I'm not so <laughs> I, I guess I can't say that for sure. But anyway, um, you know, it is a practical um, um, everybody wears thing to but learn. Everyone wears, wears buttons. That button. That's yeah. right. When Just you go about. To, when you go to your computer programming job and your button falls off your shirt, you know, are you going to be able to sew it back on? So That's right. That's right. You never know when that skill will come yeah. in handy. So don't be afraid to let an older kid, you know, don't be afraid to get a little more technical on them. And then I... I just think that the way kids are consuming media nowadays on the internet, I know that it just gets vilified a lot, but I also think that it can, it's just like an adult, like I've learned to do a lot of things online. Well, and I think it's okay. before you teach a kid, there's plenty of YouTube things about teaching kids to sew or project, you know, kids sewing projects, same, you know, on Pinterest and 
think about what that kid might like to do. Yeah. You know, if you know that kid. If it's a class, you know, you're going to have to think about, you know, the age, who you have in it. Are they going to be, you know. And, you know, you might not be successful with everybody. And right. that's okay. That's okay. Not everybody likes to do this. Right, right. But if you do, I think a lot of people maybe like, they're at home with their kids. They got some sewing crap. <laughs> so why not incorporate it, you know? Like, the reason Zelda got to do so much watercolor painting is because I had a lot of watercolor paper. That's right. You know? And I was doing a little research, and this, this one mom's like, oh, my kids read all the time, and I was worried about their science, you know, competencies. And then this other mom I know, their kid crossbred fish in their creek but they never read any books and so uh, you know uh things you might you might end up with a little bit of specialization based on uh what you like to do and i think i think that's okay for a little while um so but also everybody starts somewhere that's right and having uh having the ability to just manipulate things physically is good for your brain too so it's it's well, not I only i think the fact of just knowing oh that can be done yeah yeah you know, oh, mm-hmm. it's not such a mystery. It can right. be done. Look, yeah. at, look, this can be done. Yeah, right. absolutely. Uh, lots of, and you'll have lots of measuring and sewing too, of course. So right. if that's something, you know, uh, you know, a number sense and a spatial sense are things that will be developed just through the act of doing these projects. You know, it's going to. It's it's going to be worked in there automatically. Okay. Well, we hope that. You have fun sewing with uh, whatever students are coming your way, whether you've produced them or you're going to start. <laughs> and, you, and you've got to start sewing with them. I think more people are going to be. Or if that's students and adults. Sewing like we with said. their kids. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, okay. And uh, what were you going to say? I was going to say, we all want to be kids. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's been kind of fun to think about, you know, the things that we'll be able to do together. Now, I, I think we, we'd, start rec- we'd started recording this podcast a week ago or a few days ago and we stopped because I think your dog was freaking out over the storm and I said teaching your kid to sew will not mean that you get more time to sew because you're in like your studio more As- nope. especially if they get really interested because or they might invade your studio That's and right. be there for the rest of your life and you can't get rid of them and they make you do a podcast but yeah as as their skills grow in sewing they may just want to do more and more and more. So you won't be like, oh, you can now do this on your own. They're going to be like, oh, I already know how to do that. Now I want to make the next thing. That's so right. just be prepared. Uh, if they if they get passionate, it may actually take up more of your time, which hopefully we can look upon as a positive thing. Uh, so let us know how uh, teaching sewing goes for you, if that's something that you're going to do. And ZD, take it away. So long and so happy. Thanks for listening to Sewing Out Loud. For even more expert sewing advice, visit SewHere.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.